Welcome to Influencer Business, where influencers get help with the hard stuff. Think of us as your business Bible. We're a team of influencers and entrepreneurs dedicated to bringing professional resources and infrastructure to our community. I'm Rich Scudelari, CEO of Trove. I'm an entrepreneur focused on helping influencers run and grow their businesses with the resources and information they need. I host this podcast as well as a live webinar called Office Hours, which takes place every Wednesday. Here, I dig deeper into each weekly topic and answer all of your most pressing questions. Our weekly podcast features guests from across the professional landscape, sharing their experiences and advice and answering questions from the Trove community, which you can submit on our website at www.trovebusiness.com. Welcome back to Influencer Business. I'm your host, Rich Scudelari. Thanks for joining us this week. We have another awesome episode for you. Today, we are being joined by Grace Atwood, the founder and voice behind The Stripe, a lifestyle blog for the stylish bookworm. Grace started blogging nine years ago. She's one of the OG bloggers and actually wrote her first post in January of 2010. She quit her day job four years ago and has been doing it full-time since, hasn't looked back. And last year, she actually launched a podcast called on paper with one of her old bobble bar co-workers becca freeman it's a really awesome podcast and you should give it a listen we'll actually dive into that a little bit more with grace in a second but first i want to do a quick plug for trovebusiness.com we just launched the partner portal on trove business you should go check it out we have amazing resources for all sorts of different things whether you're looking for help with payroll bookkeeping the best resources for building your website it's all there on trovebusiness.com in our partner portal So with that, let's get to our interview with Grace. Grace, thanks so much for joining us today. Oh my gosh, thank you. It is an incredible honor to be here, Rich. I'm so excited. Well, you're no newbie to podcasts. Grace is the (laughs) co-host of Bad on Paper with Becca Freeman. Is that right? Yes, I am. Yeah, so if you haven't listened to Bad on Paper, you should definitely go do that. But today... We're going to be talking about partnerships, collaborations, and then uh, also a little bit about management, you know, having a manager, the benefits and the drawbacks of it. So let's dive right in. What was the, what was the first partnership or collaboration that you ever did that you can remember? Oh, I remember it very specifically. Yeah. So, I mean, I was so excited. I had maybe made like a, a few dollars here and there from affiliate projects and I really like didn't even think that my blog could make money. So What happened was at the time, my blog was a lot more DIY focused and Ugh, Ugh, like the footwear, the boots company reached out to me and they said, we're doing this big initiative Mm -hmm. and we are going to need you to, um, I had to make a video for them. Oh, I had to judge a contest for them, do a blog post. There was no Instagram yet. What type of contest were you judging? So it was this cool thing. Like they had... Users could write the users could download a template of their boots and then design okay. a boot. Like so it could be like a boot with zigzags on it or polka dots or mm-hmm. a different pattern. Mm-hmm. And so I got to help judge that. And oh, that's I, cool. I designed my own pair. Mm-hmm. They weren't produced. But um <laughs> it was really, really fun. And mm-hmm. I will tell you, Rich, guess how much money I got paid for that? I uh, I'm gonna guess like a hundred bucks. So, I mean, at the time I was like, oh my God, I'm going to get new Oliver Peoples sunglasses. This is amazing. Mm -hmm. But it was so much work for that $300. Right. And 
prior to that, did you know your blog could make money or was this kind of the introduction, the, the light bulb went on where you were like, oh, wow, this actually could be a business? That was the light bulb. I still didn't think it could be a business. I was like, this is how I'm going to finance my expensive tastes. Like, you know, <laughs> just having like that extra shopping money sure. was so great. Because you were still working full time. Yeah. Where were, yeah. where were you working at that time? I was, at the time, I was a social media director for Bobble Bar. Uh-huh. And I did all the influencer partnerships there. But back then, all we did for partnerships was gifting. And like, yeah. girls were just so excited when I was like, hey, you want a cuff? Like, you want a new pair of earrings? <laughs> They'd be like, yeah. It's, it's just such a different world now. Yeah, absolutely. That's so interesting. You were even on the brand side at that time working with influencers and still weren't thinking about blogs as businesses. Yeah. And I still remember like some managers, like at the time, you know, there was DBA and what have you. Yeah. And we reached out to one influencer and DBA wrote back and was like, that'll be $3,000, which like now Bobble Bar would never even bat an eyelash at that. Right. And we're like, oh my God, like that is <laughs> like, oh my God, like what? <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah. And we didn't have a budget. Like no. I mean, we were a very, very tiny startup at the time. So sure. it was very different. Mm-hmm. But I just remember being like, oh my God. But then I was also like my traffic is higher than that bloggers. Like, <laughs> should I be charging that much? Yeah. So it was like, that was a wake, that was kind of a light bulb moment there. Yeah. That's really, it's really unique that you were able to be in that position, both as an influencer and somebody working on the corporate side. Yeah. Sometimes I don't know how ethical it was. Cause I, <laughs> I, I kind of knew everyone's rates, but right. it helped me to set my rates and have the confidence sure. to ask for more money. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll talk a little bit about the evolution from there to now. Obviously yeah. it didn't start as, okay, great, I can make money. I'm going to char- start charging thousands of dollars. Like, how yeah. did it progress? Okay, so I started the blog nine years ago. Mm-hmm. I was working as a marketing manager for Cody, which is a mm-hmm. big beauty company. Yeah, I um, loved my job, but I had this really, really, like, terrible, scary boss. Like, I can only just describe her as, like, very, very scary. Like, when she got upset, she did, like, deep breathing out of her mouth. And it was like, <laughs> I would have, I, 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 I don't consider myself a very anxious person, but I would have anxiety attacks and I would, you know, cry before going into the office because I was just, it was so so bad. Yeah. But what ended up happening was I started this blog. It was called Stripes and Sequins because at the time, everyone named their blogs after two arbitrary things. I remember it. Yeah. Yeah. And I um, just was like, this is going to be where I share like creative things that I like and like DIY projects that I'm making. And so I just did that. And Mm -hmm. It started to get some traction. Like I remember Guest of a Guest listed me as a top 10 DIY fashion blog. And Uh I remember the Glitter Guide let me do a a big DIY project on their site, which was, you know, the Glitter Guide was like a huge, huge site at the time. huge, yeah. And that was like the biggest thing as a blogger to get on Glitter Guide. And then um, it brought me over to Bobble Bar. So I wrote about Bobble Bar. I saw, I found out about them. I loved their story. You know, it was these two girls that had um, worked in investment banking and they had no no problem spending tons and tons of money on bags, but they were like, why the hell is costume jewelry so expensive? Yeah, sure. And so they started this business and, you know, it was so accessible. I loved what they were doing. So I wrote about them on my blog and then they reached out and they were like, let's get drinks. And I was like, okay, great. So I went to drinks with them and they were like, we have this job. Yeah. And I was like, cool. Let me think about who would be good for it. <laughs> and they were like, no, you. I was like, I don't have a social media experience. Yeah, sure. But back then. Nobody did. Nobody did. I mean, yeah. this was like seven. So I left there for, this was like seven or eight years ago. Yeah, sure. So I left my job at Cody, yeah. took a really big pay cut, yeah. went to Bobble Bar. Was that pretty scary at the time? 
It was, but at the time, um, I figured out a way to make it work. At the time, yeah. I was moving into my, with my boyfriend, so I knew my rent would be uh, okay. a little bit easier. Maybe cut in half. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, this will be okay. Sure. And I knew that I would probably, I was getting equity in the company. Oh, nice. I knew that yeah. I would be, um, a, there was opportunity for a raise. For sure, yeah. And I, I, I was making my old salary within a couple of years, but yeah. it just took like a little faith, and I think mm-hmm. it was totally worth it because I was so much happier well, there. It's, I mean, well, one, you weren't, you know, crying going into work. <laughs> yeah, you didn't no hate, panic attacks. No panic attacks. Two, you got put on the forefront of social media, it sounds yeah. like. Yeah. And three, it obviously fed into the education that came with building a business like your blog. It did, and yeah. I also made so many connections. Oh, like, yeah. Would I be friends with Blair Eady and a lot of the other bloggers that I'm friends with? Like, I, I like to think so, but mm-hmm. I met so many people through my job. Right, And right. Um, that really led to a lot of my success. I always say that your success lies so much in your connections. And, like, I'm not a big networker, but I network because it's just so, so important. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're publishing um, a couple articles on Trove Business next week about that. Oh, about I love that. A lot of things have changed in the industry, but the yeah. one thing that hasn't changed is networking and developing relationships mm-hmm. will help you build your business no matter what you want to do. Exactly. And it's really fascinating because Bobble Bar was at the forefront of building their business on the back of influencers yeah. and using those relationships to really grow their business. So yeah. It's really funny how like you find some of these companies companies that are an epicenter, if you will, yeah. for a lot of this innovation and, and growth in this industry. Yeah. And I mean, for those four years I was there, we didn't pay an influencer a single dollar. Really? Yeah. That now whole they pay, time. I think. Except for the guest bartender collaborations. Oh, like okay. those bigger, like when, sure, when sure. someone lent their name. But yeah. Wow. Nope. No sponsored posts. Mm-hmm. All yeah. We did affiliate. We did. We oh, yeah, always made but, sure that we offered like the best possible commission with reward style and shop style. Yeah, and affiliate makes one hundred percent sense. Yeah, you know that's easy to yeah. kind of deal with. But um, so you figured out that you could make three hundred dollars for a post thanks to UGS. I did. <laughs> so what, how did you evolve from there? Um, I kind of just kept going, mm-hmm. and as I kept building my site, this is like not great advice, but as I kept building my site there was more and more interest. And I Mm -hmm. started to see more and more inquiries for sponsored posts coming in and more brands reaching out. I think it just like, it takes one and then one brand sees. And like, as you build an audience and grow a following, more and more partners came to me. And after you got that first collaboration, did you immediately start asking everybody to pay you? Or was it kind of on a case by case basis? No, because I was really cringy because at Bobble Bar, if I reached out to gift someone something and they're like, great, my rate is this, I mm-hmm. would be really turned off. Interesting. Okay. I think there's a way to do it, but yep. I don't, I, I still, I still feel, I still don't really ask for money unless <laughs> like, yeah, it, usually people come to me with money and say, sure. we want you to do this. If someone's like, we want to send you this sweater. I'm like, either I love it and I want it. Or I'm like, sorry, I don't trade product for post. Yeah. Yeah. But, I don't ask for money. I just feel weird. Yeah. Well, I would imagine that you would if it's a bigger project that somebody's looking for you to do. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you're right. It's much more established now, kind of how it works, yeah. quote unquote. Yeah. And there, but the nice thing is there still is room for the brands who send product. Yes. And if there you really is. like the product, you'll talk about it. That's yes. something that I, Mary and I talk about all the time. All the time. There's plenty mm-hmm. of brands that just give me and 
like, I will never say no to your beautiful cashmere sweater that I can affiliate link to Nordstrom. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. for beauty products. And wear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So one of the interesting things about building a business as an influencer is that the partnerships and collaborations are often dictated by the budgets that the brands have, yeah. right? And that doesn't always line up with regular paychecks yeah. as an influencer. Uh, so how do you kind of build your business and ensure you continue to generate uh, consistent revenue for your business when you're beholden to someone else's budget constraints and and timing? So this is like maybe a little blunt, but I say no if they can't meet the rate. Like that's mm-hmm. my, those are my rates. Sure. So, and I find that by maybe having a slightly higher rate that, you know, not everyone can afford it. I, I can do fewer paid partnerships and a lot more editorial content and keep growing my audience. Mm-hmm. And that is a benefit to those brands. But sure. I pretty much stick to my rate card unless it's a brand that I'm like dying to work with or it's a long-term partnership where I'm getting like multiple posts and multiple deliverables. Mm-hmm. Then I'll give them a discount because they're, you know. For sure. Now, what about the situation where, you know, it's kind of, it can come in waves, right? So there yeah. could be a long period of time where there's nothing, right? So how do you match, like try to match up a regular steady income with the fact that partnerships come when partnerships come? I think it's really just an issue of saving because, yeah. you know, November you'll make, like so much money. <laughs> yeah. And then January is like nothing. Actually, the when I left Bar the first month, I had no sponsored posts that month. And I was like, like shit, like, <laughs> did I make the right decision? Right. Then the next month I had a ton of work. Right. So I think that you really have to be very careful. Um, mm-hmm. Like you can't just like go spend all of it and be like, I'm a millionaire. Like <laughs> you need to just like save and be responsible. So I, sure. I make a lot more money than I did when I had a day job, but I, my spending is still like pretty mm-hmm. careful because pretty I careful. don't want to ever feel like, Oh my God, I have to like go. I'm just like constantly motivated by the fact that I don't ever want to have a boss again. Yeah. So like, I'm like, well, <laughs> I have to be careful because <laughs> I don't want to go back into a corporate job again. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, how, and then you were talking earlier about organic versus sponsored content. Yeah. How do you balance the two? I try to make sure that I don't ever have more than 20% sponsored content. So your split is 80-20. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I also have this blog where I post six days a week. And I know right. that most influencers don't do that anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. And if I have a sponsored Instagram, I'll maybe do like... I'll do two posts that day to like help make sure mm-hmm. that I'm not just th- pushing product down my readers' throats. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. But how do you make sure that you're a – talk to us a little bit about the evaluation process for us collaboration because I would imagine you turn down a lot more than yeah. you actually do. What is your evaluation process? We actually had an article on the blog today about this too. You're changing that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I'm changing something in the fashion space. It's going to be really interesting. But mm-hmm. um, I – have a very, very technical rule where I only work with brands that I love, which mm-hmm. sounds really simple, yeah. which is what everyone should do. But I'm so lucky in that my site isn't just fashion, isn't just beauty. I work with a lot of food brands, alcohol brands, mm-hmm. home brands, yeah. um, travel brands. So I think that you can be a lot pickier when you're more like general lifestyle yeah. than when you're um, just beauty or just fashion. Because okay. there's so many more opportunities coming in. Mm-hmm. So yes, I'm saying no a lot more, but I also have a lot more coming in because like, you know, maybe one week I'm working with a towel brand. One The next sure. week I'm working with a wine company. Mm-hmm. And like that doesn't affect any of my editorial outfits or regular beauty products. Right, right. 
Yeah. yeah, no, that's quite helpful because people don't think about that. There yeah. are a couple of different things here. First of all, you have a blog that you post to six times a week Yeah, and an Instagram. Some folks just have an Instagram, yeah. so you only have one channel, whereas yeah. you have two. Actually, you probably have more than two. You have Facebook, you Facebook, have Twitter. You Pinterest as well. I hate Pinterest. I should. <laughs> I really should use it because I know it's such a traffic driver. Yeah. But I just don't really like it. Sure. But you have annoying. multiple channels and yeah. you have multiple ways to incorporate content. And not only that, but you're not focused on one single vertical. Yeah. Which is really, really helpful when it comes to sponsorships. Yeah. And I always say that's like some really good advice. Like don't put your eggs in one basket. Whereas yeah. whether it's a vertical, a category, mm-hmm. a platform, like what happens to us if something happens with Instagram? Like, yeah. I don't know if you guys remember, but years and years ago, Pinterest banned affiliate links. Yeah. And that was for a while. And I remember I was at Bolivar and I was on the phone with this pin pinfluencer, I guess yeah. you'd call her. Yeah. That was actually a term. Yeah. And she was telling me that she was going from making $10,000 a month in pure affiliate revenue, yep. purely from Pinterest to nothing yep. because of that one quick change. Yeah. I mean, that's... That's your whole monthly expense, right? I mean, yeah. no, no matter where you live, yeah. like, that's like, a big, big that's hit. That's a big chunk of change. And that really <laughs> stuck with me. I was like, oh my God, I can never be in a position yeah. like well, that. Well, what about when uh, Facebook and Instagram went down for a day? Oh my God, uh, everyone was, was freaking out. Ago? I had a sponsored yeah. post that day and I was like, oh, um, sorry guys, like I'm going to just wait until, <laughs> like I was sitting there with my phone and I'm like posting, you know, and it's right. like the little wheel is like going around right. and I'm like, I don't know what's happening. Yeah. And then I like... I went on Twitter and was like, oh, I know what's happening. It's it's down for everyone. (laughs) Twitter had a good day that day. (laughs) Yeah, Twitter had a great day. Yeah, they really did. No, I think that's great advice, regardless of whether it's a single platform or even a single vertical. Yeah. Don't put all your eggs in one basket because you have to diversify, right? Absolutely. You talk about diversification of revenue streams. So you have affiliate, you have sponsored posts, you have ads, Mm -hmm. you know. You should think about diversification kind of across all of the different factors that come into play. Yeah. And I think yeah. affiliate is so important because if you can build that up, you don't have to worry as right. much. Like, I mean, you, can be you more still selective. have to worry, but yeah, yeah, yeah. My whole, I'm just very motivated because I want to be able to be selective and I don't want to have a boss. Yeah. So those two things are what like keep me up at night and keep me working really hard. <laughs> and it sounds like that old boss from Cody yeah. is, is stuck in the stuck back of your mind. Me, yeah. You still have nightmares about her? No. No? Thank That's God. Good. That's good. But maybe I will tonight after this conversation. <laughs> Sorry to jog your memory there. But you, you made an interesting announcement today on the blog. Yeah. Uh, and we had Lydia Hudgens on the podcast yes, last week. Yes, I love week, her. And we got really deep into the plus size industry. Oh, I can't wait to listen to that yeah. episode. I'm going to listen to it tonight. Yeah. And so tell us about your announcement today and okay. what prompted it. All right. So, oh, it's this has been kind of like top of mind for a while because mm-hmm. I have had so many, re- not so many, like maybe a handful of readers reach out to me saying, hey, I would love it if you incorporated more inclusive sizing into your website, this and that. I thought about it, but like I'm someone who I really need like a plan and a, like a, a way to do it well. Yeah. Like I can't just be like, okay, yeah, sure. And then like throw a plus size dress into a roundup and be like, yeah, I'm inclusive. Like Because people trust you. Yeah. Right? And like all of my recommendations are so important to me. I always say that like my my currency, my my worth is in my recommendations. And if I recommend a shitty product, like mm-hmm. there go my readers. Like yeah. once you erode that trust, you're, yeah. you're, you're screwed. Well, just to, to give the, our listeners a little bit of background, I was reading your post today and you said that it takes you several hours to come up with a normal kind of 
hey, recommended yeah. products yeah. post. This is not 15 minutes kind of, <laughs> yeah. you know, using a search engine and saying, oh, I'll just toss these. And this yeah. is like real, the real deal, yeah. real research. But this post took me, so I'm just going to backtrack. I decided that I am going to make sure that every product I feature on my site for the next three months is either from a brand that offers inclusive sizing, at least up to a 16 or XXL. I know that that is not true plus size, like true plus size is up to a size 40. It's very hard to find clothing that comes in a size like six, which is my size, all the way through a 40. So Mm -hmm. I'm trying to find more brands that offer a full like zero to 40, but so far I've only found like three. Yeah. So that so that's hard. Mm-hmm. So what I'm I'm starting with this, and mm-hmm. but I'm making sure that everything I feature is either available in a in an extended size range, or I can find an alternative mm-hmm. for it. Because I I wear I do rewear a lot of pieces yeah. on my blog, and I'm not going to like go throw out all my clothes from theory because <laughs> yeah. they only offer up to a size twelve. Right. But what mm-hmm. brought this on was I was watching my friend Katie's Instagram stories, Katie Storino, mm-hmm. and at the twelve ish style for those. She's who are actually interested. now just at Katie Storino. Uh, check that. At Katie Storino. (laughs) Yes. And she is amazing. She's probably the Instagram person I shop off of the most. Like Mm -hmm. she has like really bright, fun, colorful style. Like Mm -hmm. she always looks amazing. And she shared the story of going into theory. And like, first of all, the saleswoman was so rude to her. Yeah. Secondly, she was like, and they kept just emphasizing the fact that they only carry a size 12. And I was like, I don't know what, like, I, you know, you listen to all this stuff all day long. For some reason that like really like yeah. hit home. And I was like, what the hell? Like yeah. theory only carries up to a size 12. Like how? Mm-hmm. Like they are to me the standard in like beautiful workwear. I mean, right. Mary would know your wife right. <laughs> because she does so much corporate style. Right. And I was like, and that's like my, they're one of my favorite brands to shop. And I was just so like pissed off a that they were rude. Yeah, I've never actually shopped in their stores. I buy it all online. I I like, kind of want to go in the store now, mm-hmm. but I'm not shopping there. I anymore. mean, that's just bad. First of all, you know, kind of just being a good person aside, that's just bad business. Bad business, yeah. so bad. And I want to be like, do these brands not want money? Well, like- also, yeah. So you were in your in your post today. What's the average size for the the woman in the U.S.? The average the size? average size is a size sixteen. Yeah. So so sixteen some of, to eighteen, I believe. A lot of these brands you're saying don't even hit kind of the average. The average, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think that like living on the coast, maybe where I thought the average size was a twelve when I when I was like. Mm-hmm. Just thinking off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. No, it's a size 16 or 18. And it's it's just crazy. I And it's what's blowing my mind is like a lot of my readers are pretty ignorant about this too. And I don't, I, I say this like not to be critical, but it's just, it shows me that I, that all of us, every influencer has a job to do here. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had an influencer say to me, well, I can see why brands wouldn't, not an influencer, a, a reader say to me, I could see why brands wouldn't want to carry the minority. Like, it's just too hard and those clothes won't sell. And I was like, no, no, that's, yeah. you're not understanding. This is the majority. Right. Like, we, like, no, no. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is not the minority. Right. Exactly. It sounds like uh, you've gotten a, a great reception, even in the six yeah. hours or seven hours since it's been up. I can't keep up with my DMs. Like, and I'm just like, I, I generally don't like DMs. I'm always like, <laughs> email me. But right. like, these kind of DMs are really fun to respond sure. to because there's like, people are so, they're just like, oh my God, thank you for even thinking about this. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, of course, like yeah. this is my job. I felt more apologetic about it. I'm like, I am an asshole and I've been neglecting like this. <laughs> well, I don't know if you're an asshole. But, but I feel like I've been neglecting this huge segment of my readers. Because mm-hmm. to be honest, I didn't realize that I had all these readers that are 
wearing over a size 12. Like, yeah. I just, I guess you just assume that anyone who reads your blog, like, generally, like, looks like you. Or yeah, and identifies you. with you in some way, yeah. shape, or form. Yeah. Like, for mm-hmm. me, you know, for example, this is different, but on YouTube, I follow mostly girls with blonde hair and blue eyes because I want to learn how they do their makeup. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't. I think that's a fairly safe assumption, yeah. you know, in many ways. So I just, like, completely, it was just a completely, like, ignorant slash not thinking type of move. Mm-hmm. And I had a lot of girls say, you know, I used to go to you only for books and beauty products and I wouldn't even click through if you yeah. had a fashion product. Yeah. Um, I used to come to you for skincare advice, but I'm so excited that maybe now I'll be able to shop from one of your shopping roundups. You've just opened up a whole new aspect of your business, you know? Yeah, I mean, it'll be really interesting to see what happens. Yeah, it's... It's really just coming from like wanting... Like, I, I want my blog to be a place where everyone goes and feels happy and yeah. comfortable and included. Mm-hmm. But if it pays off, like, financially, great. (laughs) Yeah. No, I think that's great. And I think that you're nine years into this. Yeah. And you're still learning and you're still evolving as an entrepreneur and a business owner. That's my biggest advice. That's, like, why we started the podcast. Because it's, like, you have to constantly be looking at what's going on and what's new and Mm -hmm. how the market is going. And changing to that. Otherwise, I'll have to get a day job. Yeah. And I don't want a boss. (laughs) And get a boss. I don't want a boss. (laughs) No, no bosses. Yeah. No bosses. Talk to us a little bit about um, man- having a manager versus not having. We've talked a lot about partnerships and collaborations, and you said, ah, I don't feel comfortable always asking for money. Yeah. Uh, you are kind of managed, it sounds like. Yeah. Uh, so talk to us a little bit about that, and then we'll dig into kind of the benefits and drawbacks of managers versus not having managers. So I'm a big relationship person, yeah. and I love having a relationship with all of the brands I work with. Yeah. But it's a lot. Like I recently signed on to this larger beauty partnership mm-hmm. and there's so many deliverables. It's over almost a full year. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of exclusivity clauses. Sure. There's a lot of like just stuff. Stuff. <laughs> I don't want to deal with that. Like yeah. I want to hand that off to someone and have them like A, flag the stuff that I don't understand. Yeah. And mm-hmm. B, negotiate on my behalf. because. Yeah. It's really hard to go to someone who's get, offering you, like, say, half of what you're used to being paid. And yeah. like, well, actually, you need to pay me double. Yeah. But if you have a manager that very nicely outlines how everything works yeah. and why they sh- should be paying you more, mm-hmm. it is so nice having that kind of, yeah. that, like, second person. Well, yeah, because you get to distance yourself from that. Yes. They go in, do all the hard work, not the hard work, but they go in and do kind of all the battle. Yeah. You know, that, that battle. And then you come in having this wonderful relationship because there are no hard feelings Exactly. There. And I can be like this shiny little like yeah. star and just go in and be like, oh my God, I'm so excited. And over deliver. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I have, her name is Kristen Beasley. Please, like, I mean, if she might be looking for more clients. She probably works with five or six influencers. Okay. She has an, I kind of say she's in-house and that she has a Kristen at the Stripe email address. And, um, it's been wonderful. I was always very nervous about management because I'm not that big on Instagram, right? Mm-hmm. But my blog is is pretty big. So I just would worry so much if I were to go with one of the bigger agencies about being like the little fish in the pond. Sure. And having offers come in for me and having a manager who would take them to somebody else because they could make more money from that person. Sure. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's like unreasonable. I'm also a huge control freak. Like, I don't think I come across <laughs> as that. Like, I'm kind of like a little bit of an airhead in person, but I'm like an airhead with a very, very controlling side, <laughs> if that makes any sense at all. I don't think you all. come across as an airhead, but... No, right. but like, I come across as like a little spacey. Like, the other day, I 
I can't have two friends with the same name because I will literally text them the wrong things. Oh, no. Like, it's, it's bad, Rich. Sometimes I'm, it's bad. Yeah. Um, but that aside, I'm a huge control freak, and I want to know everything the brand is saying, and yeah, I want sure. to be, like, really involved. Yeah, of course. That makes so sense. So I really like it when we can tag team, and Kristen can say to them, like, hey, these are the rates. Let's get this all buttoned up. Like, you mm-hmm. need to fix these three things in the contract. I go in, sign the contract, and I'm involved in all the creative stuff. I really don't like when I lose contact with the brand completely. Sure. Mm-hmm. Like, I like to be copied on everything. Sure. Yeah, and um, I think it, that is different for everybody. Not it's, everybody it's has, the, has the same kind of desire to be involved in everything yeah. as you do. Because you come from that background, right? Yeah. You used to do this for yeah. a living. So it's a little different. You understand the game. Yeah, so I want to know. And this, I, you have some questions about advice for influencers, but like, I really just need to know what the brand's objectives are. And yeah. the best way that you can know that mm-hmm. is by being copied in on all that information. Like, That's true. Are you looking to drive sales? Are you looking for awareness? Mm-hmm. Like, is this something like that we should be putting on the blog to like right. drive more revenue? Mm-hmm. It's just, there's so, like, I want so badly for every campaign I do to be really successful. And I yeah. think I have to be as involved as possible to get there. Certainly. So, Talk to us a little bit about what else she does for you. So obviously she negotiates and helps you on that front. What else does she do? Oh, the important part, because I'm like a little over-deliverer, but then I forget to get paid. So (laughs) she has a login to my QuickBooks and sends Mm -hmm. invoices and follows up with brands to pay me, which is probably the most important thing she does because I would like I get busy and I just realize that I'm owed like thousands of dollars (laughs) this is bad I'm like showing but it's also nice not to have to chase the brands either yes right she can be the bad guy she can serve as as the the person who kind of does the the dirty work with the brand yeah so that's really nice now you obviously spent a lot of time not being managed what made you decide that you needed some help I was overwhelmed like I was just like really, really overwhelmed and Mm -hmm. um, was missing out on things because I wasn't getting back. And I always pride myself on replying to all emails within 24 hours. At the time, I wasn't like, I don't think, I know that your audience is influencers, so they'll get it. But I don't think the average person realizes the amount of inbound inquiries. Like even just to be able to forward something that I'm like, I don't know if this is going to even have a budget to her and have her like get on it is so helpful because... I was just missing out on things. Because it, people think, oh, you just respond right then. But it's like, no, you have to think. You have to click on the links. You have to yeah. go. You have to look at their portfolio of products, whatever yeah. it might be. And then craft an email and, and be thoughtful about what you're saying to ask them if they have budget, but not do it yeah. in a way where you're a dick. You know I mean? Yeah. And like a lot be firm, can... but also be nice. Right. Like, yeah. It'll take you, it's... you know, 45 minutes to an hour just to craft an email for heaven's yeah. sakes, you know? Yeah. It's so much work. Yeah. It is. It, yeah, yeah. It's a lot of work. So circling back to the partnerships and the collaboration side, give the listeners, influencers, three tips on how to be a good partner for a brand. You know, and it can be from at any point in the relationship with the brand, whether whether you're developing the relationship early on, whether it's post, you know, collaboration or anything in between. Yeah. So my first one is communication. I mm-hmm. know this from Balo Bar, but also from like all of my PR contact friends, influencers get a very bad rap for being bad at replying to emails. Yeah. First of all, you're losing out on money if you're not replying quickly because right. so they're going to a brand is going to pick someone else and mm-hmm. not you because you didn't reply within 24 hours. Right. Secondly, it's just not professional. Like mm-hmm. be on top of your emails, always communicate 
if you need more time to get back to them, say, you know, I just, I'm actually swamped at the moment. I need, you know, another day to get back to you. Yeah. But over communicate. Don't let them hang in the ether. Yes. Yeah. And the, the second tip is over deliver. So yeah. if a brand comes to me and they buy, say, a sponsored post with an Instagram or um, like Instagram stories, et cetera, I always make sure that I weave them into my natural content. So maybe sure. that's including a link to their site. If they're like really big on traffic to the site, a link to their site in my weekend roundup, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a link to their site in my email newsletter. Sure. Yeah. That's another big one is email. That's yeah. another big vertical. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe it's like weaving them into my Instagram stories. Maybe it's, um, it, it really depends on their objectives, but I always, always give more than I Than is to. required of you in the contract. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm doing a, Tyrion, my cat, has a campaign <laughs> with Chewy. Yeah. And, you know, last night I posted an outtake to my Instagram feed from the shoot. That wasn't, mm-hmm. they did not pay me for two Instagrams, but right. they're getting two Instagrams because right. I want to do a really good job for them. Right. Absolutely. And so does Tyrion. Tyrion is very conscious of this and he yeah. wants to, he wants to be he, a good influencer. Is he a bit of a diva though? I've heard. Yeah. He, he bit can, me today. He did? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. And for those listening, Tyrion is after Tyrion Lannister. Yes. From okay. Game of Thrones. And yes. he's my Persian cat. He has his own Instagram at Tyrion Puff, mm-hmm. but it's his. It's a bit his big shining star moment, so we have to make sure it goes well. Yeah, <laughs> but in all seriousness, guys, over deliver. Like brands will notice, and they will be so grateful. Yeah, one more tip. Always align on objectives up front. Oh God, yes. So, like again, is this driving awareness? Is this driving sales? Are they trying to get new followers? Like, what does the brand want? Mm-hmm. And then from there, figure out a strategy. Yeah, that that was the number one piece that we published on Trove this week. It's, it's a very so simple important. question. Yeah. What is your goal? Yes. That's, what does success look like? Yes. Either of those two questions, if you ask them up front, you'd be so surprised at what you're going to find. Mm-hmm. You know, we even talked about this a little bit with Lydia last week when she's out shooting a client. Yeah. Right? She asks her clients, what do you want? Yeah. What are you looking for? Even if they get referred by somebody else who has a very distinct aesthetic, mm-hmm. she asks so that she can help produce what they're looking for. I mean, in any job, influencer, photographer, whatever it is, like, right? it's it's common sense, but also I think there's so much going on in this space and it can get kind of cluttered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Find out the objective. Yeah. So, Grace, it's been so amazing to have you. But before I let you go, you've got a couple of amazing things going on right now, and I want to give you a chance to plug them. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So, first of all, the podcast, Bad on Paper. Bad on Paper. It's my podcast. Go over and listen. It started as a book club with my one of my best friends, but it's now kind of... Um, there's still one book that we discuss every month, but we do a lot of interviews and also mm-hmm. advice. Mm-hmm. So we've had some amazing guests. We have had Jared Fried, the comedian. We had Blair Eady. We have Alyssa Master Monaco coming on, and mm-hmm. she is Obama's former deputy chief of staff. She's incredible. We had Ashley Spivey from The Bachelor. Um, it's been the most fun project and it's really growing and we're so excited about it. Yeah, well, it's growing to the point where you're actually doing a live podcast Yes. next week. Yes, on April 1st at Caroline's. And I'm would... sorry to say... <laughs> it's sold out. It's sold I'm, I'm not Three... sorry to say for Grace, but Rich I'm sorry. Is coming. To... Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 300 people mm-hmm. were, were like 
we can't believe this happened. <laughs> so hopefully yeah. you'll have some more live showings as well. Yeah, we're looking at doing them in other cities. That would be amazing. Yeah. And and then finally, you also have your blog. Yeah, so my, my, my day job is my blog, mm-hmm. and that is thestripe.com. Or Instagram, which is just my name, Grace Atwood. Yeah. So, Grace, thank you so much for joining us today on Influencer Business. It's been wonderful to have you. It's been great to be a guest. Really awesome to have Grace with us here today on the podcast. A couple of things I want to reiterate that she mentioned. When it comes to being a good partner, there are three things. And these are three things that we actually talk about on trovebusiness.com in our content. And she mentioned them as well. First, communicate, communicate, communicate. Make sure that you are always in sync with the brand. They don't want to feel like they're being left in the ether. So make sure that you keep them apprised of how things are progressing with the partnership. Two, over-deliver. There are a lot of different things that you can do. Grace gave you some quick tips on little things that you can do to give your brand that you're working with a little bit more exposure. Do that. Make them feel good. You want them to feel like a valued partner and like they've made the right choice in choosing to partner with you. And number three, ask what their objective is at the outset. It's a very simple question to them. It's what's your goal or what does success look like to you? It's a very simple question. Ask it at the outset and you will be amazed at how much clearer your objective as the partner becomes. The other thing I just wanted to quickly touch on were Grace's comments about managers. I think she brought up a great point. Managers can be quite helpful when you're negotiating contracts, not only in pointing out key pieces of the negotiation to you, but also serving as the go-between so that they can kind of be the bad guy to the brand and that you can come in when the partnership starts up and be have a really fresh relationship with the brand. Uh, The other thing that they can do that's really helpful is chase down payments. You don't want to be spending all of your time doing this business admin work. Let them take care of that so you can do what you do best, which is create content. Thanks again to Grace for joining us today. Make sure you're following her on Instagram. Her handle is Grace Atwood. And make sure you also check out her blog. It's thestripe.com. And if you have a chance, make sure you listen to Bad on Paper, the podcast that she co-hosts with Becca Freeman. As always, make sure you head over to TroveBusiness.com to check out all the content that we put together for you on Partnership. We have some amazing resources for you. Quick shout out to Pete Crimmy and the team at Sound Lounge for always making us sound better over the podcast than we do in real life. Really appreciate all their hard work. And if you like what you heard today, make sure you leave us a five-star rating and give us a glowing review. We always appreciate it. This has been another episode of Influencer Business. I'm your host, Rich Gulari. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time.